Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Mic drop moment. Not that we want our mics to drop since we talk on the radio for a living, but Key said it. A title is a title, even though there's plenty of things swirling around that title. One in particular, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. Swirling in Boston right now is the fact that Tom Brady is on fire. The Pats with Bill Belichick and Cam are struggling. We will go to Boston to find out the reaction there to their struggles and Tom's resurgence. That's coming up in just about 10 or 11 minutes from now. A reminder, the Dodgers winning the World Series is proof they're the best team in baseball. Proof is brought to you by Pennzoil. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils made from natural gas. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof's in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W. 30. You're just waking up. Dodgers win the World Series. Big story overshadowing their seventh championship. Their sixth since moving from Brooklyn in 1957 is the fact that Justin Turner was pulled out of the game after testing positive for the coronavirus, then coming onto the field to celebrate with his teammates, sometimes with a mask on, sometimes with a mask off. Fellas, let's get your quick thoughts on it, and then we want your thoughts on it. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The team... The champs, it's your team. You well, you, you know how I feel about it. I'm, I'm not, I don't have a problem with him <laughs> celebrating with his teammates as long as the teammates and everybody in the organization was okay with it. Um, it, it you know, it's a, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and it seems as though his teammates <laughs> were okay. They didn't have any, take any major issue with it. Uh, the skipper who has, has had underlying, who has underlying conditions was sitting right next to him. The skipper, in fact, said that, they, you know, he didn't touch him. They were not together more than 15 minutes. So those sort of things make you feel okay about the situation, although the optics of it looks a little strange. I, I just don't put this on Justin Turner, nor do I put this on the Los Angeles Dodgers. I, when you win a championship, Key, both you and I have won championships. I am not thinking reasonably. I am not thinking practically in that, in that given moment. I am thinking about all the hard work, sweat, and tears that I have put into the regular season. Uh, I would be thinking about the pandemic. I'd be thinking about how we've been quarantined. We've been in a bubble. Um, we were the best team, but it's not always that the best team wins. And I want to celebrate in that moment. This is just a bigger indictment on MLB to me and Rob Manford. They were the ones that found his test to be COVID positive. They removed him from the game in the eighth inning. I just don't understand how he is then all of a sudden allowed to be back on the field. If you have protocol that's in place, it's in place to ensure the safety of others, not to be having a conversation about now wondering about the safety of the other others after you win the World Series. I just don't know what Major League Baseball at that moment could have done. The, the, the season's over. Game's over. Season's over. They're packing their suitcases. They're ready to go. I don't you, know what Major you continue League Baseball to quarantine them, though, Key. But I don't know that they want to take that moment away from the player if his teammates are okay with it. I understand that the rules in place and the COVID protocols. But, and I get it, but does Major League Baseball really want to take that moment away from that individual when the organization is obviously didn't have a problem with but it? From a risk mitigation perspective, you're talking about short-term gains as opposed to what's in the best long-term interest of everybody. What's in the best long-term interest of the MLB and the Dodgers is not people to have the potential of catching COVID I, I, with somebody I, who's on the field I, who's COVID positive. I understand that. But clearly, from an organizational standpoint and a team standpoint, the risk versus the celebration reward, they were willing to take that chance. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think everybody – I don't think you walked around and got a consensus – of everybody in real time on whether they were willing to take that chance or not. 
well, think things I mean, are moving no, so no. fast, and that's what I'm saying. Some, it's like uh, being a parent. It couldn't be right? moving. It There's certain be things that might that kid- fast though, Jay, because he was in the dugout. And they was hugging him and eating pizza around him. Well, that, kind of, that's, well, that's they, a, so it wasn't sharing pizza. That's it, what I'm saying, Key. That's what I'm I saying. I said they were sharing pizza no, no, around. It's like, it's I'm like not a, sharing pizza with him. They were eating pizza around him and hugging, and everything was going on. He got taken out in the eighth inning. You had to go another six outs or, or, or so to get to the trophy. So it was plenty of time for people to say, "No, no, no, no." I don't. What you know? It was plenty of time. Let's get to some real quick context before we get to our callers and they're lining up. People are fired up about this. Justin Turner. (laughs) I don't know. They're eating. You're a champ. You can have both. Throw some mushrooms on there, too, if you want. (laughs) Uh, Justin Turner did say he was asymptomatic. That is important to mention. Key mentioned Dodgers manager Dave Roberts, cancer survivor a decade ago. He's 48 years old right now, not in the high susceptibility range, but he's not the age of his players, obviously. So that would be taken into account, says somebody with pre-existing conditions. We should also mention from baseball's perspective, Rob Manfred did say, it was, quote, bittersweet to have to hand out the World Series MVP trophy to Corey Seager and then find out about one of his teammates. And the last thing I would mention is Jeff Passan, our baseball insider, joined us a few minutes ago, who essentially said it was sort of Wild West. There was nobody that was going to be able to stop Justin Turner. He made his own decision to go out there. Nobody can stop him? That's what just Jeff was reporting. I I, I know. Think about it, though, Jay. Will, think about it, though. It it obviously didn't happen. You won your championship at Duke. Just think about it. Mm -hmm. And... Duke officials came up to you, or the NC2A for that matter, not Duke officials. The NC2A came up to you and said, you can't go on the court. You can't go on the court with Mike Krzyzewski and, was it Carlos Boozer on your team mm-hmm. or something? Carlos Boozer and all the other guys. You can't do it. What would you do? You're going to run through them. You're going to try to run through them to get out I, there. I don't know. Don't how, come on. I, I, no, 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 no. You ain't no, going to no, be no, trying no, to reason on, with them people. I'm, I'm not saying I'm, my reaction is going to be to run through them. Obviously, I would be in a ton of pain. I would want to celebrate with my teammates. And I, I know what people are saying. Well, look at the numbers and not everybody gets sick. And I, I know the other side's rationale to this. I, I, I hear what they're saying. But there also have been a lot of people, a lot of people that have died. And I'm not saying that's going to happen to anybody on the Dodgers. I pray that it does not. All I'm saying is that. This, this the league has to had to find a way at that given moment key to rationale and to say this is what protocol is and we're abiding by protocol. They, they're not going to do it at that moment though. They're just not going to do it at that moment. Well, why? Why? why we can they? keep going around and around and kicking in the door to try to get them to say they was. They're not going. They're, 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 they're policemen not, at stadiums, right, Zubin? They're not going well, to do police that. Police are at stadiums, correct? Now you were also fans there last night, yeah. by the way. Yes, because fans are there. I, I just don't understand how this is not. I know I hear you, Kibo. Why don't you find a rationale to what I'm saying? Because I, I, I think more realistic in terms of this. I'm not thinking. I'm not thinking. I'm thinking. What is Major League Baseball thinking? And they're thinking, why would we get in the way of a guy celebrating with his team and his organization if the team and the organization don't have any issues with it? If we lost, like I said before, if we but, lost. And all of a sudden, the game got postponed, game seven, it got pushed back. That's a different conversation. But you didn't have enough time to even get consensus from the team to find out whether or not they did have an issue with it. That's my thing. If you, if you don't have consensus from the team, it's not like everybody's like, hey, take a vote. Do you feel comfortable? So you want them to stop the celebration at the end of the game? No. Go, go celebrate. Just It's unfortunate that Justin Turner maybe shouldn't be allowed to celebrate with him right now until we have it's more. It's not going to ha- happen, man. Okay. Teammate, teammates, teammates that have no problem with it. Corey Seager didn't have a problem with it. Doesn't seem like... 
The skipper had a problem with it. I mean, it just doesn't seem like anyone had a problem, whether they had the time to have the conversation about it or not. Between the time of the eighth inning when they took him off the field to the end of the game, those conversations probably took place at some, you know, maybe in a short little conversation. Hey, what are we going to do with this? What are we going to do with that? I mean, yes, it was moving. Things were moving fast, but clearly no one walked up to him when he was on the field and pulled him aside and said, hey, you know, you have tested positive. Why don't you just pull to the side and take the pictures individually? Nobody did that. They could have done that because they don't want to get in the way of that. Major League Baseball didn't want to get in the way of that. And, and okay. you know, and I understand I understand the risk. I totally understand the risk. That's why I say I don't put this on the Dodgers or Justin Turner. I put it on, on the MLB. And it's like me being a parent with my daughter. My daughter wants to do certain things. She wants to react in that moment. That's great. It's my job to be your parent. All right, let's get to callers' opinions. Very good parent you are, On the Jay. Dr. Pepper call-in line, about to be a father of two. On the Dr. Pepper call-in line, right. Mike in West Virginia, you're on ESPN Radio. What do you make of all this? Hey, I think the MLB should be responsible, and I don't think that – I think that they're making too big of a deal about Justin Turner instead of the MLB not getting the results back until the middle of the eighth inning. I really don't Thank know you. what changed from him being in the dugout with the rest of the team – without wearing a mask, holding the ball, you know, uh, being, you know, he had interactions with the Rays players. I mean, he exposed all them. I mean, what changed from the eighth inning until the end of the game, even though he already, you know, we know that he had a positive result, but he was around all the other players in the dugout without a mask. You know, he was around his manager without a mask. So, I mean, I think they're making too big of a deal because at that point he's already, you know, been exposed to everybody or exposed to everybody else in the dugout to the virus. Mike, I'll if tell the MLB you. MLB would have before the eighth inning, they you know they could have prevented him from playing the game. Mike, and we wouldn't be talking about this today. Mike, yeah. I'll tell you exactly why Major League Baseball didn't make it a big deal because we accomplished our goal, and our goal was to do what? Zubin finish, finish the, season. the season. We finished. We we accomplished our goal. Manfred was on with us a couple weeks ago when baseball, when World Series first started. Yep. Conversation was to finish the goal. And the goal was finished, which is it's over with now. We'll deal with anything else after the fact. Last one. Chris in Dallas, you're on ESPN Radio. What do you think? They accomplished it. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, hey what's up, Chris? Uh, me, me personally, uh, I've been a, a lifelong Dodger fan. And uh, Justin Turner uh, coming up positive does not trump the fact that we won. Um, I'm also a select baseball coach, Corinth uh, Crushers. Uh, the parents, the players, they know there's a risk out there, and they also know there's a reward. And uh, that's just part of baseball right now is uh, we're going to play in these tough times, but uh, if you come up positive, you just have to deal with it. Um, I think the bigger story is Kevin Cash pulling Blake Snell after he pitched the gem game, guys. Fair point, 73 pitches pulled, and that is what all the criticism for Kevin Cash is Don't get me started on that, Chris. I already, I already unloaded <laughs> on that to beginning, yeah, at the beginning of the show. Yeah, smart move, Vine. Do it again. You should try to steal <laughs> third while you're at it. Still no, home still, again. Uh, I'm sorry. Try to steal home again while you're at it. Pull uh, him and try to steal back home. Back-to-back, just Thank uh, you. games. <laughs> Said like a true Dodger fan, criticism is all relative. Criticizing a baseball decision is one thing. Criticizing a coronavirus decision that impacts baseball is clearly another. We'll get back to it all morning long. Hit us up. On Key J and Z with your thoughts as well. It clearly is resonating with sports fans across the country this morning. The Dodgers won a world championship. The next time this team that has won six world championships wins another, I'm not sure.
Ken drops back, looks down the middle, he throws it off Edelman's hand, careens in the air, picked Awful. off, running it back across the 30-yard line. Jamar Taylor with the Sit interception, and he is brought down in the play. It was a high throw behind Edelman, oh, who reached please. up with his left hand, no chance to make the play. Edelman was wide a open two seconds prior. He was wide open, and he waited, and I don't know what he's looking at. That was the fellas talking about Cam Newton on 98.5, the sports hub. Newton to Julian Edelman was what they were trying to do. Instead, what Cam accomplished was his third interception of the game. Sub 100 yards, he was benched. Jared Stidham came in. Let's go boots on the ground and get the perspective in Boston. Dale Arnold is the host of Dale and Keefe on WEEI, where Cam Newton makes a weekly appearance, as does one Keyshawn Johnson. And he joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Dale, good morning. I guess the first thing most of the country wants to know is how is Boston taking what's going on with the Pats versus what is now going on with Tom Brady? Cam Newton sucks. <laughs> you sound well, that's like what, that's what Keyshawn said to us the first time he called into our show. Yeah, I, I gave him, um, I gave him one of those Cam, you know, because this is when I first started joining their show, and, and somebody up in Boston area was just talking about Cam hadn't even played a game. He just had the hair, the scarf, the, the clothes, and they were going ham on him about it. So when I talked to Dale, the first thing I said, Cam Newton sucks, and then he just, you know, it was one of those deals. <laughs> It's our it's a way we greet each other from now on. By the way, our producer hung up on Keyshawn that yeah, day. Yeah, he did. He hang thought up he was on a prank caller. He it was a prank caller. <laughs> <laughs> Keyshawn from Brooklyn, uh, listen, first this, time, this, long this, time. Go ahead, answer. Go ahead. We got. <laughs> well, the fact of the matter is, this is not a very good football team, and uh, it's not a very good football team because Cam Newton doesn't suck, but he's not playing well. Yeah. And if they get quarterback play out of Cam like they've gotten over the last couple of weeks, they can't win. Uh, you got to be able to at least have a semblance of a passing game in this day and age in the NFL. And unless Cam's running, uh, he's not helping them much right now. And, and that's the issue they have. Now, whether Bill Belichick, as Tony Dungy called him, the fixer, whether he can fix this or not is, is up to question right now. Keyshawn knows this better than any of us. You play the game as long as, as Cam Newton's played the game. You're not fixing his throwing motion. You're not fixing you know, how he delivers the football. And I don't think you're fixing his decision-making process. So I think what you've got to do is simplify things. Make it as simple as you can possibly make it and try to get this guy on track a little bit. Dale, what about the Brady part, though? Can you just answer the Brady part of how everybody in Boston is taking the way he's playing, extracted from Belichick? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, Tom Brady is an icon in this town. It should be. You know, you play here for almost 20 years. You go to nine Super Bowls. You win six of them. MVP, Super Bowl MVPs, and all that stuff. But the way he's comporting himself, for lack of a better term, uh, has kind of rubbed some folks around here the wrong way. I think people still root for him. Uh, You know, the TV numbers, when they put Buccaneers games on TV here in Boston, are still very positive, as you'd expect. But I think he's kind of rubbing Patriots fans the wrong way a little bit right now. Maybe maybe we're just a jilted lover, and, and maybe it's as simple as that, but they don't love him like they used to. Let me ask you this, Dale. How how patient are the Patriot fans going to remain with Cam Newton? You know, it, it's funny. I, I said on the air yesterday, I would make the quarterback change this weekend. Ah, uh, wow. I, I, wow, I, I would have done it this weekend. Bill Belichick is not. I understand he knows a hell of a lot more football than I do. But if he throws another stinker Sunday – Yes. They get bounced by Buffalo yes. badly. Yes. 
I think not only do you have to make the quarterback change, but at that point, you probably got to cut the guy because what's he going to do? Be a clipboard holder on the sidelines watching Jared Stidham play quarterback? Yeah, that's probably. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Eh, I guess you could cut him because at that point, it, it, you clearly know that it didn't work out and you're falling further behind in the division and you're probably not going to win the division. So, I, I, I mean, I guess so. So, wait, Keith. So, Dale, if, if that's the case, if he has a stinker against the Bills and obviously he lose a chance to win the AFC East, how, how much did it make people cringe when the 49ers came in town and Jimmy G was doing what he was doing? I got to be honest with you. The, it, it's really second guessing on that one. Uh, Bill Belichick did exactly what he should have done. When he had to make the decision, you weren't going to keep them both. You weren't going to pay two guys as much as you'd have to pay those two guys. You kept Tom Brady. You went to two more Super Bowls after Jimmy G left, and you won one of them. I'll make that trade every day of the week. Give me two Super Bowls and a Super Bowl win over 10 years of Jimmy Garoppolo, who, by the way, ain't that great. Mm. Um, Let's not turn Jimmy Garoppolo into slinging Sammy Baugh here. Folks in San Francisco don't love his game on, on many occasions. How, how's the start of this season a reflection of Bill Belichick? What's, what, how's he feeling in, in dealing with all of this? You know, you can generally get hints and clues and you, you get an idea. I, I think he genuinely likes his team. He likes the players on his team. He likes their work ethic. He knows better than any of us that they're probably not good enough right now. Uh, it's been an, an unusual season for everybody, him included, the entire NFL included. But i got to be honest with you, he's made some coaching decisions that have puzzled some of us at times as well this year. He doesn't make many mistakes now. I still think he's the greatest coach who ever lived and you know, will probably die on that hill. But he's done some things from a coaching perspective this year that are a bit puzzling at times. I don't think he's having a very good year either. Uh, it's certainly not by Bill Belichick's standards. Dale Arnold, host of Dale and Keith, WEEI 93.7 Boston, joining us here on the morning show. Joining us here are Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. I had a morning show once upon a time, so I refer to that every now and then, Dale. Um, do you think I got that, you. Do you think that the way that the Patriots are playing at home in particular, outside of the Miami game, has something to do with zero fans and that support that they have gotten over the last 20 years? In that stadium? Uh, If they think that way, then they're whiny excuse makers. Because, you know, in most places in in the NFL, you don't have fans in the stands. Suck it up, deal with it, play the game. Uh, There are those who will tell you that Patriots fans, maybe deservedly so, have become a bit spoiled over the years. You know, they're they're used to, uh, you know, unqualified success. Some people would tell you it's not the greatest fan base on the planet to begin with. Certainly not as rabid as in kansas city or green bay or some other places if if they even hint in their heads that you know well how can we play well we don't have any fans in the stands then they are weak and soft as puppy poo Mm. let's go dodgers i'm sorry dale did you just say did you just (laughs) say puppy poo dale stop it did you just say puppy poo hey dale I, you I did did. well i was trying to clean it up (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna bail you out on the way out the door uh to Keys, let's go Dodgers. Real quick. Thank Lillian, you for Mookie Betts, by the way. That's I appreciate what I it. wanted to ask you. With uh, one minute to go, welcome. what is Red Sox Nation thinking after watching Betts and what he did since coming to the Dodgers, culminating with the world championship? Well, unlike Tom Brady and how they think of Brady at the moment, and, and the positivity has waned for him, it hasn't waned a bit for Mookie Betts. 
they're they're pissed off at Red Sox ownership. Uh, you know, they they congratulate John Henry for getting under the luxury tax threshold, uh, but that guy just won another World Series. You know, he's 28 years old, and take a look at what his resume looks like. They traded away the second best player in baseball, in my opinion, uh, in an organization that could pay pretty much anybody anything. They chose not to. Their choice. Red Sox fans are very bitter about it, and they deserve to be. Let's go, Lakers! Oh, for God's sakes. It's relentless still. That's the problem. I'll have to ask you what you think about Brad Stevens the next time you come on. He's going to just keep going down the list of sports ledgers, so we'll see what happens. Brad Stevens is a good coach. That's all I can tell you. (laughs) 17 titles for the Lakers, 17 for Dale Celtics. So we're all even there on the key Dale scale with Los Angeles. Yeah, but it's not not 17 titles for the L.A. Lakers. Oh, that's right. The Minneapolis Lakers. Don't get me started, Dale, because don't get me (laughs) pulling out old video of them dudes running up and down the court for the Celtics back in the 50s. It, was, stuff it was all in Boston, though. It was all in Boston. Stop. One city. All here. Got to get that mic and video out in crystal clear standard definition. Jacuzzi's over! <laughs> it's a good invitation. A little John Havlicek, Johnny Most. Great stuff, Dale. Really appreciate it. Have a great show today. And Key will be on with you later this week. Was. And I promise you, Key check won't suck. Jacuzzi or, or, or somebody. Oh, <laughs> stop. Thank you, Dale. Thanks, Key Dale. Gets, Key gets a little uptight when I suggest that wide receivers can be divas. He got a little mad at me a couple of weeks ago. Because you, you trying to set a, you trying to set a narrative that's not true. <laughs> Havlicek stole the ball. I hear you. I'll Dale talk stole you the second. Oh, I'll talk to you Tuesday. <laughs> Great stuff, Dale. Thanks, man. All right, fellas. See ya. Yeah, it was Havlicek or whatever. Yeah, Havlicek stole the ball. That was a long time ago when they're running around with the Chuck bitty, Taylor. The little, Havlicek. Bitty, the little bitty shorts dribbling like Havlicek this. Havlicek was pretty nice, though, man. Bob yeah. Cousy, pretty nice, bro. Yeah, well. Ten pairs yeah. of Chuck Taylors out there. It's I wasn't born. <laughs> I wasn't born in the 50s or whenever they played. Still to come, should Ben Roethlisberger be in the MVP conversation? Why isn't he? That's next on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. That was Big Ben after the game on Sunday where, uh, for the first time in a while, Steven Goskowski's right foot didn't work and that allowed the Steelers did, to stay. Did you see Big Ben? Like the, the, <laughs> the video of him after Goskowski misses the kick, he goes, he, 
He missed it? <laughs> he missed it. He, oh, my God, he missed it? 45-yarder, he missed it, and that means the Steelers are the only undefeated team in the NFL. But Ben's not getting a lot of buzz for MVP. That's our Twitter question this morning on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Who is the NFL's MVP? As simple as that. 54% of you have weighed in, said Russell Wilson. A distant second, Aaron Rodgers at 22%, and that's where it is now. Hit us up, Key J and Z. Fellas, Ben Roethlisberger is nowhere to be found almost on this list. Is that an oversight? Well, you know what? It, it's, first of all, it's not a sexy situation to be in with the Pittsburgh Steelers from an offensive standpoint. They're not, they, don't have, it's not, they don't have all that snack, crackle, pop, right? It, there's no Antonio Brown there. There's no flash that's there, although Juju, uh, Juju tries to give a little bit here and there, but it's, it's just not there. And I think also, you know, it's a boring football team in terms of their style of play. It's not as exciting as Russell Wilson throwing for five TDs in a game and the world watching, or it's not as exciting as an old Tom Brady leading the charge and Bill Belichick suffering in in, in, um, Boston and New England and Brady winning and going to the beach once the game is over. It's not – there's nothing there. Or Aaron Rodgers stepping to the mic and telling you, look, man, this will never happen again. I got this. It's just not that. And I think also there's nobody really rooting for Ben. Like they, within the the confines of of the NFL, the writers and people along the line, they're not rooting for him. They're just kind of like, whatever. He's the quarterback of the team because I'm sure in the minds of of them, Ben Roethlisberger's past also leaks in there. Right. His it, it just does. I mean, if if I'm a writer and I'm making a decision, right or wrong, that's probably going to be in my mind to some degree. And you're referencing there have been some off-the-field incidents in Georgia. He also had that motorcycle accident. Yes, he's yeah. got two Super Bowls, yeah. but there's some baggage there. And there's some baggage, so I don't think that they're giving him the benefit of the doubt at, at all. And then he had the incident with Antonio Brown. So you got all that. Is he worthy of that conversation? Absolutely. Even though he threw three interceptions against Tennessee in the second half, I think he's a hell of a football player. You saw what they were with Alim last year, although they, because of Mike Tomlin putting it, putting it together the way that he put it together, they were able to kind of scratch and claw to 8-8 eight and eight in one game from the playoffs. The last game of the season decided whether or not they were going to make it to the playoffs with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Remarkable, right, when you right? think about it. I mean, it. that's all Mike Tomlin. That eight wins in that position was Mike Tomlin. Now he's back there, undefeated, 6-0, and top of the division, and they'll probably see Kansas City at some point in the playoffs. I, I also think the numbers kind of speak for themselves. So when you think about Big Ben, he had 13 TDs, four INTs, obviously through three in the second half against <clears throat> their other day. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's thrown for close to 1,700 yards, right, almost 300 yards more, 17 TDs, two INTs. Russ has thrown for close to 1,900 yards, 1,890. He has 22 TDs. Now he threw a lot more picks the other day against Arizona, but still – and then Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he's sitting here close to, I mean, he has 1,900 yards, too, that he's thrown for. 16 TDs, one INT. Mm. So you look at the yards and the way that they've been able to do it. Aaron Rodgers, who is he throwing to this week? <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, all the tools that he has, still their high-powered offense. Them getting Le'Veon Bell as well will be additive. And then you think about Russell Wilson, their defense isn't as great. They have to outsling you each and every day, whereas when you think about Pittsburgh, they beat you up with their defense, first and foremost, it feels like. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's I like home. Big quote, ben, explore, quoting by all online at progressive.com. Would, would, you, would you have Big Ben ranked above Kyler Murray in your MVP conversation? I like him, too. I wouldn't have him ranked Ky- above Ky- Kyler Murray Kyler, right now. 
Kyler Murray's deal, and, and when I say sexy, it's exciting. It's a, ooh, look at him. He ran over the field. He made a guy miss. Uh, it looks it, it, a least, certain way. He leads NFL in rushing TDs for QBs. So it looks a certain way. Yeah. Now, his throwing is not cool, right? I mean, it's just not – he's not as consistent as you would like at the quarterback spot to deliver the football. His tar- off targets is high, all of those sort of things, but it looks good to our eyes. So – Naturally, you probably would give him a little bit of a boost based on Arizona being in a dumpster for many, many years, and now all of a sudden they're starting to kind of climb out of it. They're at the top of the at the top of the street, coming out of the bottom, mm-hmm. looking over, trying to pull themselves out. Now, whether or not somebody put the lid on it and crush them again, I don't know. But right now they're climbing out of it, and it looks it looks good. It looks exciting. They beat Seattle on a Sunday night nationally televised game after dismantling the Dallas Cowboys. So it's kind of like. Really, what is Arizona? What's Arizona? Are, are they? Is that the game that defines them for the rest of the season? Seattle game, and now all of a sudden they go on a roll, or do they go on a roll backwards? We don't really know. But Kyler Murray certainly, for a young guy like that with numbers, the way that he's putting them up, better than Lamar Jackson at this time and point from a year ago. But he didn't come into the season with any sort of momentum. A couple of quick points here. One, we always talk about the storyline, the narrative. Lamar Jackson quashing the doubters last year en route to winning. Patrick Mahomes just bursting onto the stage after being bypassed in the NFL draft by a couple different QBs that he's turned out to be far better than. Great story. Tom Brady. He went passed over by Hackenberg. Oh, no, he was, huh? Hackenberg. (laughs) Christian Nackenberg, he's trying it in baseball now. He's switching sports. He's like your boy Drew Henson. He's giving it another shot. On the other side, Tom Brady, 43 years old, 86 days. Great story. Here's Ben's story. Remember in the offseason, he was very open, cathartic, raw, visceral, yeah. honest. Yeah. I'm addicted to alcohol. I was addicted to pornography. <clears throat> ben Roethlisberger said that in the offseason. He actually said it. He lowered his guard. So if he can come out and play well, maybe there's a personal story. Here's the second thing, and you said it. Who cares if he wins the MVP? Because for the first time in years, this is a drama-free team. There's nobody Mm. filming Mike Tomlin on Facebook Live in the locker room after a game like Antonio Brown. There's no Big Ben Antonio Brown headbutting. How about Alejandro Villanueva, the Army veteran, running out, standing for the national anthem while the rest of the team was like, wait a minute, should we be doing this? Should we be kneeling? And all the other stories that never got out. That's the only thing. All the stories get, get out. The stories that didn't get out. How about him not winning the MVP, not being in the discussion, but the flip side is for the first time in a while, we are not the noisiest crew in the NFL. We don't need any more of that. We are fine being under the radar. And, and I can't wait for Mike Tomlin to, to win another Super Bowl title because he's clearly, in my opinion, one of the top four coaches in the National Football League. I continue to keep moving that up. I had him at five, but he's in my top four mm-hmm coaches in the National Football League and has been doing it for a very, very, very long time. And a lot of people said he won the Super Bowl with Bill Cowher's team. Somebody had to coach it. Mm-hmm. Somebody had to coach it. And he's I think he only I think in his coaching tenure, he's only been under five hundred one time, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds right. One time. And think about the organization. Noel, Cower, Tomlin, mm-hmm. that's it for the entirety of the organization, the way everybody's juggling coaches every four or five years. Still to come, Jessica Mendoza. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, including Jess, who will weigh in on who's at fault for Justin Turner being out on the field with COVID celebrating with his teammates. That's for real if you're just waking up this morning. We'll have all of that. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. If you're just waking up or watch some of the game and maybe saw on your phone that the Dodgers won the World Series, the bigger story is that Justin Turner was pulled out of the game, positive coronavirus test, and then after the Dodgers won the championship, he was right back out on the field, sometimes with a mask, sometimes without one, celebrating with his teammates, of course, in the world in which we're living. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save in as little as three minutes at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. Jessica Mendoza was on the call last night. You can see her on Get Up coming up at the top of the hour on ESPN, and she joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. And again, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Jess, first things first. I mean, every single baseball guest we've had on this morning, Buster only, Jeff Passon, we just simply open the floor. What do you make of the whole Turner situation? <laughs> just open the floor. Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm kind of bummed. I'm like the third one with all the crew, all the guys that have been on <laughs> since early this morning. No, I... I mean, I sat there last night, you know, when we heard about it. First of all, he came out of the game in the eighth, so I'm calling the game, and all of a sudden Edwin Rios is at third base. I don't know if you heard Cody Bellinger after the game. He's like, all of a sudden Edwin Rios fielded a ground ball, and I was like, where'd Turner go? This is in the eighth inning. And we knew, like, he had a hamstring thing like a week ago, so I'm, like, texting. We're trying to figure out. And the last thing on our mind was a positive COVID test because, I mean, so many reasons. But, like, why would that happen in-game? Why would you find out and then get pulled? And then, of course, seeing him come back on the field, the aftermath, it really, to me, it should never be left up to a person or a team. I mean, Keyshawn, Will, you guys get this. Like, if it's up to you, of course, you want to get your, your butt back out there on the field with your team and celebrate to have to think about, you know, a test and all those things. That's why it shouldn't be left up to him. This is Major League Baseball. Like, they need, once he was positive, you got to put him in a car and get him out of there because you know. I mean, this is an athlete that's going to want to get back out on the field. And if you're positive, like, quarantine starts now, and you need to get him away. And that did not happen. He ended up back out on the field, and, you know, we saw the aftermath. Jessica, thank you so much for echoing my sentiment. I, I, I guess the question is, why, why the eighth inning? Why the eighth inning with all the tests that MLB has? Why, why would this happen then? I, I honestly feel like it, 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 there's so, so many things in this that I think are going to come out. Obviously, we don't know. But how this was handled was wrong. I mean, clearly. And there was an inconclusive test. So it wasn't like, you know, he had just gotten tested and then, you know, the tests come back mid-game. That's not the norm. Like, they definitely had it under control when the tests results were to come back, but the test result came back inconclusive. So then they test him again. And then the result came back mid game, which then you pull him in the eighth inning. And just, I mean, the optics of this are 
awful. I mean, the fact that he's in this game, you see the dugout, him in the dugout. He's like, what's happening? Oh, I need to leave. And this is the World Series. Like, they're <laughs> outs away from raising that trophy. And as crazy as 2020 has been, guys, like, this kind of tops the list of the craziest. I mean, you look at what's happening in the NFL, NBA, like not a whole lot, but there was still some stuff. And for Major League Baseball to have this happen on the biggest stage, on the biggest night is disappointing. Jessica, when um, Justin Turner, Mookie Betts was asked about Justin Turner, and he basically said, forget all this. We're going to celebrate what our teammate, he deserves to be out here. How would you feel about that if you were in the situation? I, I probably feel the same way. I mean, I've been on an Olympic field. You're talking gold medal. Like, that's why you don't leave it up to the team. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you're not thinking like a nor- like, oh, what's the best situation? What's this going to look like? Big picture. Like, that's not crossing your mind. You've worked every hour of every day of your life for this moment. Like, as an athlete, like, you get that. Like, of course you're going to go back out. Your teammates want you back out there. That's why no one on the Dodgers is, like, reacting, because they want the heart and soul of their team, who is Justin Turner, to be out there with them. That's why you can't leave it up to him. You can't leave it up to the team, because this is their dude. This is their guy. They want him to be with them celebrating, and they're not going to make the right decision. So, as an organization, as the entire entity that runs this thing in Major League Baseball, you had to be the one to say you cannot do this. And, in fact, we're going to remove you from the stadium so you're not tempted to go out and be with your team. Jessica, what did you make of, of Kevin Cash pulling uh, Blake Snell when he did in the sixth inning? It's Keyshawn. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I get it. The Tampa Bay Rays are here and in this situation because of the analytics, the numbers, how well they understand their pitchers, when to pull them, when not. The game has gone to a point now where I just feel like the feel has to still be there. Like, we all get that. There's just times when Blake Snell, I get it. You look at the numbers, it jumped from like a 2 ERA to like a 13 ERA, third time through the order. But Blake Snell had what you only see happen to the best of the best in the biggest moment. He had stuff, guys. And you have seen this Dodgers offense, right? They were missing by like feet. I mean, it wasn't even just that it was good. I mean, you see the tweets coming in. Noah Syndergaard, who gets to pull the manager? I mean, so many people in an uproar. A-Rod getting in on it. But to me, it was more of just like watch with your eyes and look at the numbers too. It's a balance of both. But there was no balance of understanding, look, this is the best offense in all of the game. And we have right now the the solution and he's out there and it did not change just because Austin Barnes the nine hitter got a base hit like you got to keep him in that game that's what I was going to ask you the fact that Austin Barnes got a soft single did that with the eyes though because for me when when the ball starts to connect to the bat whether it's it's the inning before when you're catching balls at the warning track or line drives or being caught does that factor into the ball connecting with the bat that I need to, he's slowing down and I need to get him out? No, I think soft contact is, I mean, it was the second hit of the night in the sixth inning. And it's the big misses, too. So, yeah, the soft contact. I'm with you. Like, if before that, even the outs were like hard line outs or even just like a fly ball to the warning track, we were like, okay, all right, they're starting to catch up. This was a soft base hit that just, you know, again, the nine hitter. Like, you'll give that up all day long knowing that the top of the order. And to be honest, even if that hit wasn't given up, 
I really believe that Kevin Cash was not going to allow Blake Snell to see the top of the order for the third time. That he, as soon as Mookie Betts just put, got in that batting, batter's box, he, Blake Snell was getting pulled. And by the way, I don't think anyone was happier than Mookie Betts on deck. And he said in postgame, he was like, oh my gosh, I did not want to face Blake Snell again. And think about that as an athlete, right? The mental like shift of like, yes, the guy who just made me look so silly my last two at-bats is out of this game. Give me Nick Anderson. Give me Pete Fairbanks. I don't care if my mom comes out of that bullpen. Like I'll face anybody except for Blake Snell. Hey, Jess, I need a real quick answer on this one. So what does it say about Kevin Cash the last two games? He subtly sticks the knife in Margo's back saying that, hey, Margo chose to steal home and then not pulling uh, Snell and, and uh, pulling Snell. What's it say about Kevin Cash thus far? You know, I think he is honestly an awesome manager, and I think that the things that he has done over the course of the year, the way that the players play for him, I mean, he is very real. And so you're going to get quotes like that. You're not going to get him sugarcoating, trying to cover anything up. He's going to say exactly how it is. I do believe that the decision to pull Blake Snell it does not fall just on the shoulders of Kevin Cash. The reality is it's a front office decision. A lot of this is predetermined, and that's what I don't like. I get have a, have a script. Have it all right here in front of you and then see the game and react. But I don't think Kevin Cash is 100% to blame. And if you talk to his players, I think they'd have his back too. I completely Except agree. for maybe Blake Snell. Except for maybe Blake <laughs> Snell. He was visibly agitated, and you can understand why. You'll see Jess on Get Up coming up on ESPN in seven minutes with Greeny and the gang. And to Jess's point, the reason they got here were moves that Cash made. This one just happened to backfire in the biggest spot. And you're right, managers don't fill up the lineup card. Analytics guy fills it out for them, and they walk it over <laughs> to the home plate umpire that's baseball 2020 jess thanks for all the analysis all postseason long bye guys great work jess thank you best in the business one of the best in the business she's one of the best softball players of all time i can say that emphatically no question about it on the way baseball's done but the nba's back sooner rather than later if they're back before christmas and christmas is the unofficial start for many could lebron sit out I just want the Lakers vacation. Christmas Day game. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.